And what's the deal with lampshades? Yeah. I mean, if it's a lamp, why do you want shade? Yeah. <laughs> and what's with people getting sick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the deal with cancer? I have cancer. Oh, tough crowd. <laughs> Everybody, and welcome to the Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow, all coffee up and ready to go. Taping on a beautiful day here in New York City of July, July, coming at you on July 16th. Taping on a Saturday morning here in beautiful downtown Manhattan. It really is a lovely day. It's a little hot. I got the fan going. Hopefully you can't hear it. Turned off the air conditioner, so everything's going to be perfect for today's show, as last week we had lots of technical difficulties, which I tried to pull them away so you didn't know, even though I talked about them, because, you know, I have to. It's my job. Anyway, went to bed at uh, 9 in the morning this morning, and then I woke up at 12, so I could bring this podcast to you, as my life is very busy right now, and when I say busy, it's really not that busy at all. I usually wake up around 3 and then, you know, watch TV. But uh, if I tell myself that it's busy and I pretend it's busy, then things are happening and everything's good, right? Right, exactly. But what a week I had, and I'm going to explain it all to you today on the brand new podcast for July. Here we go. All right. I don't know why I like those little intros. I like to pretend like, we'll be right back. <laughs> you know me. All right, let's just cut the music and get down to business. There's lots to talk about today and so little time to do it. That's from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wait a minute, strike that, reverse it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was having dinner with Atel last night. <laughs> Look at me bragging. And uh, I told them how if you watch the documentary of Willie Walk in the Chocolate Factory, they have Gene Wilder like saying that he hates that kid who played Mike TV. And he goes, you know what you did, you little creep? <laughs> and Gene Wilder was like, oh, he's the nicest man. He's like, listen, you little creep, you know exactly what you did. It was like, you know, 30 years after the movie. And then they have Mike TV going, I don't know why he was so angry. I was like five. What the fuck is the matter with this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Um, let's see, just want to get things ready here. Typing away. Here we go, yeah. Now, uh, where do we begin today? I have my coffee. Hold on. Mm. Yeah, because I only get like three hours sleep. Well, that was last night. The night before, I must have, oh, I don't know what happened. Do I start in order? Yeah, and, and let me tell you something. God, play the stuff up front. That's the kind of comedy you can expect. On Thursday, two days from today, if you're listening on the day that it comes out, I will be opening for Sarah Silverman at the South Street Seaport here in Manhattan, New York. If you are in town, get tickets. Somebody on Instagram said, like, hey, can you tell me how long this show is so I can make dinner reservations after? I'm going to call that person out in the audience if you're listening to my podcast, which I'm sure you are not. 
I'm going to call that person out. I'm like, is the person here who needed the uh, time for dinner reservations? Did you get those reservations? I'm going to call that person out and get her Instagram handle. No, no, I can't give them a shout out like that. But I will say, I mean, that's who. That's like, I'm like, you know, I, I was, I just talked to Mick Jagger about it. I asked him how long his show was going to be because I had dinner reservations. So, and he never got back to me. Do you believe that? What an asshole. That Mick Jagger, he's only thinking about himself. Anyway, Dave Juskow, Sarah Silverman, Marina Franklin, Beth Stelling. At the South Street Seaport, Thursday, June 18th, the Bethlehem Sands Casino, July 19th, Friday, and Saturday night, his triumphant return to the Borgata, where he was booed off stage the last time he performed. Will it go differently? We will find out. A cliffhanger of sorts for next week's The Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow. How are you, everybody? Shot out of a cannon today. I don't know why. Just before I was about to do the podcast, my friend called me. I usually put my phone on airplane mode. And just before I clicked the button, my friend Steve Charlotte called me, who I wrote that lovely John Adams show with. And he just got eloped and got married. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I picked up this call because you know what? You're okay. And I'm okay with his choice of woman as well. I haven't been in the past, but this one that he married, I'm okay with. Because, you know, I got, I will tell people if I am not happy with this arrangement. And when they get divorced, whether it be 10 years or 20 years, I will say, and what did I say? What did I say 20 years ago? What did I say, Rich Duffy? Because he's sitting there like, oh, yeah, he did that to me. So, yeah, no, it's a thing. And people should listen to me. If I don't like who you've chosen as a partner, I will let you know. I would assume you will do the same to me. Sometimes you need to know. And then if I say... I know how she is, but I'm doing it anyway. Well, then what are you going to do, you know? But if you say, really? You think she's like that? Then please stop me. Unless, well, at my point, just let me get married anyway. I mean, this, this isn't going to end well. So if I actually find somebody that wants to get married an old man at this point, then you know what? Just let it happen, right? I don't think anybody's going to They're like, dude, are you sure you're making the right choice? I'm like, am I sure I'm making the right choice? Of course I'm not sure I'm making the right choice. I'm 107. What's the matter with you? Oh, my God. I saw on the paper today the oldest woman lives. She lives in Queens. She's 114. That would be the worst. I know that's going to happen to me. I know it's going to happen to me. I'm going to be the oldest living man ever. Oh, that's so cruel. I mean, I'll have to die. I won't have any money. I won't. I mean, my, my nieces and nephews will be dead by then pretty sure if i last to 114 they'll even be dead right just from partying alone right (laughs) come on man oh my god i hate my nieces and nephews i hate my sister this is i mean what happened to me this week do i start from the beginning or yeah you know what i'll do i'll do what i did last week or whatever two weeks ago we'll go through the week and then go through this other stuff that i had planned which is hilarious oh also i just want to tell you this because it's so funny so Sarah gave an interview. Sarah Silverman gave an interview. I get Google alerts, right? When my name is mentioned, I get a Google alert. So she mentioned me in, I guess, a radio interview for Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And uh, she goes, yeah, we got these. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to perform with uh, Marina Franklin and Beth Stelling. They are amazing comics. And Dave Jessica will be there, too. <laughs> That's about right. I don't have any problems with that. It's pretty funny, actually. I don't, you know, I know she didn't do it on purpose, but that's the way it comes out. It's really funny. You got to look up the article. Um, but we're making a push, making a push for tickets. 
Last minute push. It's going to be fun. I need everybody to come out. Whatever happens, happens, right? Ew. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I've been going out every night. Well, kind of. I mean, but I got shows like, so this comes out on Tuesday, right? And I'm taping this on Saturday, so I have shows. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Look at me, right? Professional comedian. On Tuesday, I won't be doing a show because I'm going to see ELO because I'm an old man and I need to see them before they die. I play this at the. I play this when we leave sometimes. This is almost the theme. Nobody will know. It'll be too loud. Nobody will know I'm singing the wrong lyrics. Or I'll do what my friend Evan did and just, like, put the lyrics on my phone so I can sing along. That was brilliant when he did that. What about this class? about this classic you think they'll sing this oh it's a classic from the movie going all the way back to 1980 here's Olivia Dunn and Magic you think they do this they probably don't do this what about this one they'll do this one maybe that's just her right so that's just on the soundtrack they won't do that but they'll do this one let's get to the program oh yes 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 
Oh, this is a classic. Oh, they have to do this. Just play all the hits. Don't play anything stupid that I don't like. Now, believe me. Oh, I'll let them know. I could probably look at the list already of their tour. What did we do that with Tom Petty and uh, Hall and Oates last time? Two years ago. Boy, boy, boy. You know, I like that computer stuff. Oh, this song makes me happy. It's like sad and happy at the same time. I feel like it explains my entire existence. This one, I like this one. A lot of people don't care for it, but I saw it on that. It's a little gay, but I still like it. In a modern world. Anyway, I'm very excited about it. I guess. I guess I am now. So I just played all that nonsense. So that's exciting. But otherwise, I'm performing. I just hope I don't get too messed up. You know, I mean, I don't want to. That's why I'm going with my friend Steve. You know, as they call him, Outside Steve from the Comedy Cellar. Uh, we can't decide whether you know, bring some chicks, right? We'll bring this couple that we like. But if we bring the couple, then they, we tend to drink a lot. And that's what I'm a little nervous about. But, um, you know, if we just bring a couple chicks, right? Hang out. Be like, listen, you want to go see Yellow? I mean, there's obviously no one I can ask because they don't know these songs or the group or anything. Because they were born... 50 years after their music came out. So that's a that's an issue. But, uh, you know, come on, right? Just come on, you, hey, baby, you want to come to concerts? It's going to be unbelievable, right? And who's going to be there? This guy, John Travolta, is going to be there. It's going to be cool. It's going to be like, who's that? He was in this movie that came out around the same time as Xanadu. It's called Saturday Night Fever. Oh, they're not going to know. What's the point? But then he would like to be like, oh, I like their music. Don't, do you? Do you, do you? <laughs> Yes. All right. So let's just get down to business. Oh, by the way, my show, August 5th, is now coming together. Listen to this lineup. Listen to this lineup. This is my birthday show at the Comedy Cellar, August 5th. If you're in town, let alone the Sarah's it's a much cheaper ticket by $100. Uh, (laughs) It's only $15. And it stars me, Dave Juskow, uh, Dave Attell, Gilbert Gottfried, Gary Goldman, Lenny Marcus, and Yamanika Sanders, everybody. I mean, that is a show. That's a show. That's a show. I mean, I don't care. It can go on all night for all I care. It's going to be fantastic. There's plenty of comics to go around. It's going to be terrific. Lots of dirtiness, lots of nonsense, but it's all good friends, and that is what a birthday show should be. And I've been thinking about how hopefully starting in January, I'm going to make my pitch to do a monthly show there, which will be different every time. Of course, that should be all televised because, you know, it's brilliant. Let's face it. I've come up with a new way to do stand-up comedy, like Kipadada. People are like, I don't understand. Well, if you do understand that reference, then I love you. Uh, But that's not the point. The point is this. 
So Monday, let's just start from the beginning. Monday, Monday, I go to the Monday, I go to the comic strip where I usually bomb. I sent out an Instagram this week uh, of me bombing. Uh, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. When my friend took that picture, I didn't hate it. I was turned to the side, grabbing the microphone stand, just trying to get out of there. And not only did I feel like I wasn't fat in the picture, which is a bloody miracle, but I was very conscious that my hair didn't look completely bald. And I got to say, it made me really happy. So even though the timing is way off, if it costs $15,000 so I can take pictures for the rest of my life and not feel like a bag of crap, I guess it's worth it. I mean, it doesn't look, I don't look like I have a full head of hair, but I mean, it, I, I saw a difference. I saw a difference where I didn't want to shoot myself. And I guess that's what it comes down to, right? And then, you know, 15 years from now, I'll say I got to get something else. Oh, I got to get that done. I just can't. They're like, you're you're 85 years old. Does it matter? It matters. It matters. Let me tell you something, darling. In, in this business, you're not even in the business. Well, you know, in the business back in the day, in the 80s, uh, back back in the day in the 80s, I can't believe we're going to talk like that. We're going to be old people. Gonna be like, now, in the 80s, what they used to do, because this is like a back in the 1930s, uh, they used to, you can get a steak and kidney pie for about five, for a nickel. A nickel. Now, back in the 80s, you can get a Budweiser bottle for about a dollar, buck and a, buck and a quarter, buck and a quarter. Nowadays, $7 they charge in the city, $7, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, I've been going, I know they charge $7 for a bottle, and that place, Danino's, that Rachel picked out to go to that place, I go past there every time, like, you guys suck. $7 for a bottle of Budweiser, go fuck yourself. When I went to two places yesterday where they charged me 5 and they're right down the street from that stupid restaurant. And they're like, fine. I'm telling you, I'm going to close that place down. I'm going to make sure it gets closed. I hate that place. I hate it. Although I found a new place to hate, which I'll get to in a second. So I go to the comic strip, and I'm with my friend Olga Wright, my new friend. You know, who took her feet off, and the who took her shoes off in the cellar from Casino, you know. I'm go. I I'm putting heat on you, you Jew bastard. You listen to me, you son of a bitch. It's because of me that you have that job in the first place. Don't you ever go over my head again, you Jew motherfucker. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's from a movie. If you're just listening to the podcast for the first, what the whoa? Where did that come from? Anyway, uh, so we. Now we we've instead of instead of drinking, well, we go out for a little couple of drinks, but then let me say, tell you the part. Yeah, now nah, I'll tell you later. Um, then we went to this place, this fairway market or something. So she goes to pick up some fruit and then takes the the you know takes a cab or something downtown. And I found they have a fiesta dip, like a seven layer dip, which they do not have at my super supermarket anymore. I love that shit. You know, with every, with refried beans and cheese and guacamole and stuff, I, I like and just eating it with chips. That's a full meal for me. I enjoy that a lot. And they don't have it anywhere, so they had it at this market. I got so excited. My whole attitude changed. So we went there, and I went down, and I got it. And I'm just like, yeah, I, got I, I ate that whole goddamn thing. It was horrible. Like at 2 in the morning. Oh, I'd just been eating. Oh. oh, it's bad because on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, so... On so on on Monday, what was supposed my friend Lee said, "Hey, why don't we 
get Gray's papaya for the home run derby. It's down the street for me. Let's get a bunch of Gray's papaya. We'll watch the home run derby. I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds perfect. So then I started getting the mood for Gray's papaya, right? My mouth is watering just thinking about it. So, you know, it's a stupid hot dog stand in the corner. They say, you know, two hot dogs for $1.50 and you get a papaya juice. And I'm like, God, oh, that sounds amazing. And I just want to stuff myself with hot dogs. It's going to be amazing with everything on it, you know. And ever since the the hot dog eating contest, that's all I've wanted is a goddamn hot dog. You know, remember I went to the Filipino party. They didn't have hot dogs. So I was like dying for a hot dog. But I'm like, nah, I got I to gotta perform that night. I can't watch the home run derby. And he's like, well, we can do it for the all-star game. But then I didn't have anything to do that night. But then something happened and he had something to do. So we didn't do it. So then I was looking up online, where can I order a hot dog from, like a delicious hot dog from that's not going to be stupid, you know, a delivery. And I found a place. Then they had like a chili cheese hot dog. I'm like, yeah, I got to have it. I got to have it tonight. And I ordered it. And it was too much. It was beautiful, but it was like too much. I couldn't, I had to eat it with a knife and fork. And that was no fun. There was so much topping on it. It was delicious, but it, it was too much. It was too much. And, uh, but let's just get now to, um, uh, the meat of the well, I, yeah. So I'll tell. So then on Thursday night, I'm skipping over a day, and I'll tell you why in a second. So on Thursday night, um, I had dinner. I was planning to go to the beach, but then Rachel was like, "Oh, my brother's coming to town. How come you're not gonna?" I'm like, "All right, I'll change my plans. I'll come around Thursday." Plus, I uh interviewed a new cleaning lady. I know everybody's like, "Why don't you have a cleaning lady?" Well, I'm telling you, you know, even my mother and my sister are like, no, you got to have a cleaning. I mean, they hate when I spend money. They're like, you spent money, you watered out, you should be cooking. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's the exact same price. I go to the grocery store. It's a disaster. Anyway, they're like, but then when I'm like, I hired a new cleaning lady, they're like, oh, great. Good idea. You definitely need one. When I was going through the same period in the 90s when I wasn't working and I didn't have money, but, you know, I'd live from uh, gig to gig, uh, I had a manager and he would talk to my mother sometimes. She's like, Mrs. Jeskow. Your son doesn't listen. She's like, I know. And he spends too much money. He goes, yeah, I mean, he, he has a, you know, he, he has a cleaning lady. She goes, oh, no, no, he has to have the cleaning lady. What's the matter with you? She like ripped this guy a new asshole. She's like, what are you? No, he's got to have a cleaning lady, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> it was really funny. So the other one, I fired the other one. I would have kept her on, but I didn't like her. But this one, she's Japanese. She seems okay. And she's charging $40 less than my last one. So I'm, I got to have her. My apartment's disgusting. You know me. I got I can't. I can't. I don't want to clean the bathroom, the kitchen. I don't care how poor I am. I grew up with a cleaning lady, and that's going to be worth the money. So we won't eat one day. <laughs> of course, I'm joking. We we will eat. Uh, so so then I'm like, all right. So now I got two things to do on Thursday. Can you believe the the way life is? What the hell am I complaining about? Oh, I got two things I got to do on Thursday. So now I can't go to the beach. I got to interview the cleaning lady, and I got to go to dinner. Oh, it's a tough life we lead. When there's no working involved. So I interviewed the cleaning lady. She was delightful. Kind of hot. That's bad, right? Um, Very nice, though. And uh, it's kind of funny. She's Japanese, but she lives in Chinatown. How are we supposed to process that? Nobody wants to be racist, but if you live in Chinatown, you're like, oh, you're Chinese. No, I'm Japanese. The hell's the matter with you? Well, honestly, we really can't tell the difference. I mean, that's a thing. You really can't. You can't. I mean, I guess some people know. But even that lady, remember that lady we used to talk about? She was like, I can tell the difference. And she got it wrong every single time. And twice the people were lousing. <laughs> you know, so like, how are you supposed to know that one? Are you Taiwanese? No. Are you Chinese? No. Are you Japanese? No. 
You stink at this. Yeah, I'm loujin. Oh, did not see that one coming. So, anyway, that not being the point, we went out for, uh, uh, her brother was in town. He lives in D.C. He's the guy that used to be in the Peace Corps, goddammit. I want to see him. He's a lovely kid. So we go to this restaurant in Brooklyn. As soon as I see the menu, I'm like, why are you taking us to this crummy snobatorium? She goes, I'll pay for you. I'm like, that's not the point, but uh, okay. Um, so then I take the ferry over there, get a little high, oh, I'm going to have dinner. And then I sit at the bar. I'm there a half hour early. So I sit at the bar. The bartender is awesome. I sit right next to this girl to annoy her. I'm like, is this who you're taking? <laughs> Can I buy you a drink? <laughs> She's like, I'd rather eat glass. I was like, well, cologne's really doing its stuff. So uh, I ordered a martini, and I had two martinis. And for, and I didn't eat all day, because that's what I do now. If I know I'm going to have dinner, I don't eat the whole day. And then I just eat, but maybe that's where I had a problem, because I don't remember how I got home. I had two martinis. Granted, I had two martinis, and I had three pints of beer. All right, that is a lot to drink. But I think the two martinis, which I don't normally drink, you know, I've been sticking to beer on purpose, so then I know what's happening. When it was last night, I only I had like three beers, you know, which was perfect. No ill repercussions or anything like that. But this night, I had two martinis. I was already talking a mile. I was loud. It was horrible. I felt so bad, but I, Rachel didn't seem to care. I mean, they kept telling me to shut up, but that's funny too. And it was the best when it's me and Rachel's friend, uh, her like childhood friend Tasha, and if Rachel came back from the bathroom, and this is all she heard, Tasha yelling at me, I'm not going to tattoo you, I am not going to cook you dinner, and I will not sleep at your hotel room. <laughs> That's where Rachel came into the conversation. You don't know what happened before. You might as well have just been saying, well, why don't we get my truck and we'll drive out of here? So there's nothing better than that for Rachel to hear because she'll tell that story forever. And it is funny. But I was having a good time. So everybody's like a moron, right? Like, So I'm pretty fucked up. And I'm just like, I want to eat. And everybody orders and their appetizers are stupid. And they're like, oh, we'll get pizzas. And I'm like, oh, I hate going to a restaurant and getting pizza, whatever you people want. But I'm going to order something for myself. I'm ordering a main course for myself. You guys can also be like, oh, we'll share everything. You guys do whatever you want. And I don't care who's paying, I'll pay for it myself. I'm ordering a dish for myself. Well, boy, was that a smart move. These people are starving over here. They're like, oh, I guess we're through. And I'm just stuffing myself with the spaghetti and clams or something. I'm like, yeah, this is delicious. Like, it was so mean, but I, I warned everybody in advance. This is the way it's going to be, jerk-offs. You order your own thing. This is going to be mine. And I just sat there and ate it, and I just didn't care. And they're all like, boy, that looks really good. Doesn't it, though? It's really terrific. Oh, I ate the whole thing. It was great. I was so hungry. I really hadn't eaten in about 24 hours. So I was, And I was getting drunk and a little high. I, I mean, I was... I was even eating bread, and I normally will not eat bread because it's too filling, but I was starving. And I had like three pints of beer. Normally, that would fill me up. I just had a bottomless stomach that night because then when we left, I took the L train. Memo walked me over to the L train in Brooklyn. That's that controversial train that they keep stopping it. They were going to stop having it at all during this time because of all this Hurricane Sandy water damage, but now it runs in intermittent places it's on one side of the tracks, and it goes one way or the other, and I got lucky. It came right away, and it drops me off on 14th and 1st. And what do I see? I get off on 14th and 1st. I'm hammered a Grace Papaya. And I'm like, God damn it. God damn it. Come on. I just had dinner. What the hell is the matter with me? I got to go to Grace Papaya. What is the matter with me? But I'm still hungry. I hate these places that don't feel you. They're not made for men. 
They are not made for men. Oh, here's a little tiny appetizer for you. That's $40. I don't know why she would pick this place. In fact, I even wrote, I'm like, why are we at this crummy snobatorium? Hey, you think I would join this crummy snobatorium? So I had two grave papayas hot dogs, and I, I ordered everything. I'm like, yeah, I want chili, cheese, onions, sauerkraut. I forgot to ask for mustard. It didn't matter at that point. I don't know what I was doing. And a, and a papaya juice. And I actually sat at a table by myself and just ate it. I took a picture of it and sent it to Rachel. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I'm still here. <laughs> and then I walked home. Thank God. I think that helped everything. But the next day, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't think it was that late. I don't remember. Maybe I got home at 2, but I woke up at 3 in the afternoon. 3 in the afternoon. I must have slept 12 hours, but that's also had to do with the night before of what happened. And then I, I woke up. And I was like in a daze. I'm like, what happened? Where, where, how did I get home? I walked. What is that? 14 to 58. So I don't know how many blocks that is, but it's a lot. And I don't even remember. I walked. I know I walked because I was all sweaty. Oh, and I had just colored my hair that night. So... Brilliantly, I put a paper towel now, I figured it out, on my couch where I'm going to watch TV. When I woke up the next day, it was just covered in color. You know how my pillowcases were always like that. I sleep on a towel now after, you know, for a week after I color it because it's just a shampoo color. Oh, my God, it was because of the sweat and the rain. It just all fell out. But I was smart. I used the paper towel, thank God. Otherwise, I think I would have had to get a new couch. It's been, it was pretty bad. But I was like, yeah, I was like sweating. It was so hot. I went, what, if, what is that, 14 to 50? So what is that, 40 blocks? 40, a little over 40 blocks, right up First Avenue. Even that wasted, I just walked. I don't even remember if I listened to music or a podcast or anything. I don't know what I was doing. I was really out of it. Like I said, I woke up at 3 in the afternoon. I must have needed it, and that's because the day before. You ready for this? So Wednesday night. My sister, I think I told you this. So Wednesday night, last week, I told you. My sister's like, listen, uh, my son, Billy, you know, the kid who wants to be in musical theater. So he's doing, him and his friend, this guy Alex, they're doing a musical theater three-week camp or whatever the fuck it is uh, here in the city. And it's right down the street. I mean, they're like on 54th Street. And... So she's like, on Wednesday, can, can they stay at your house the next two Wednesdays? Because they're going to see Beetlejuice one week. It's part of the program. And then so they'll be finished at 11 o'clock. So it's best if they have a place to stay. So I don't have to take the train back and forth. And I say, and I don't want him here. But because I don't know who this kid is. I don't know who this kid is. His friend Alex. I never met her. It's not like Liza's friend Lindsay, who I love, who's terrific, who's great. It's not, you know, it, it, there's certain kids who I, I would have Memo's kids stay over before I would have my nephew stay over. But my nephew's fine, whatever. He's a little weird, but who cares, right? He's my nephew, and I do love him a lot. But he brings his friend. I don't know who this kid is. I don't have boys stay here. Usually it's Dory or Liza. It's a pleasure. They're girls. Boys are disgusting, especially teenage boys. They're gross. But I just said, okay, because I don't want any trouble with my sister, you know, because she's crazy. So... So that night, I got to go pick them up at the theater. I'm like, they walk to work every day, but the other woman's mother is just like, ah, he doesn't know. I want to make sure he's getting picked up. I'm like, whatever. So I'm picking them up at the Broadway Theater, Beetlejuice, around 50th and 7th Avenue. 
And Rachel's around. So I go, hey, why don't we go to this diner right next to the theater and they can meet us there. They can walk five blocks and they'll meet us there. It'll be fun. You know, they'll get to see Rachel. We'll hang out a little bit. I'm trying to show these kids a good time because I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know. He's in town. He's never slept over before by himself. I'm like, hey, hey, we're in New York City. It's your crazy uncle. Whoa, whoa, whatever. These fucking kids, these fucking kids. I told you I don't want to curse so much, but oh, so angry. The kids come over. They're just not even paying attention. They're They're not excited or anything. We're sitting there. We're having some. They're just on their phones the whole time. Rachel and I are trying to have a conversation with them. Billy's like, oh, are you talking to me? They're just staring at their phones. Now, we know that's the way it is. But I'm like, you know, my friend is here. You can't be polite for two seconds and talk to my friend. Why don't you tell us how the show was, you dumb dorks? We're getting nothing from them. I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, maybe they don't, want, they don't want to be. Do you know what these kids want to do? They're 17. They're like, yeah, we're really tired. We want to go home and go to bed. And I'm like, you're in New York City for the day. You live in the suburbs of Jersey. What the hell is the matter with you? I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the firehouse after this? We see Rachel's husband. You see the fire truck. I'm like, they're like, no. What? You know, if I was going to have this kind of time, I could have brought Dory over. But at least Dory would be like, yeah, I guess. Like, she's up for something. You know, the only person who would be up for it, who would go like, yeah, would be Liza. My sister is a bad parent because she's done something. I've always said she's been pretty good, but she's obviously done something horribly backwards. If the middle child turns out to be the best one, the most normal one, that's that's not even a thing. How many middle children do you know that are normal? No one. She must have parented all backwards. So these kids are annoying the shit out of me and Rachel, but I'm like, it's just me. I'm crazy. But then Rachel called me after. She's like, what the fuck is up with that other kid? What's up with Billy's friend? He said he gives nothing. He brings nothing to the table. He's a, And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, this kid is going to be in musical theater? This kid? He's got nothing. He's like, he brings nothing to the table. And I'm like, I got to hang out with this kid? At least Billy is, I don't know, somewhat fun. I could, But if you're going to choose a friend like this. So then I'm saying to myself the whole time, okay, I had a friend like this growing up. His name was Rich Bernard. He wasn't a lot of laughs. But then neither was I at that time. I don't know. But then people were probably like, why is he hanging out with this kid? Not like I was a lot of fun, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I told my sister, I'm like, it's like hanging out with Now I get the response. Meanwhile, this, I still don't understand this kid. So I'm also saying to myself, well, you know what? You know what? I guarantee Robert De Niro's not a fun guy to hang out with. He is no fun. We've seen him on interviews or anything else besides when he's in character. He's a drip which I'm sure like Christopher Guest is a complete drip unless he's in character. So maybe for some reason this kid is brilliant when he's in character, but I don't think so because it turns out I had seen him in a show. He was in Mamma Mia playing the guy that marries the ugly girl or whatever, you know, and uh, I don't know. He's just (sighs) – anyway, I'm already annoyed. These kids don't want to do anything. So then I'm like, all right, we'll walk to my house. The kid's like, oh, my toe hurts. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're 16, you dumb. Ooh, I was already getting annoyed. I'm like, no, let's just relax. Let's just relax. I had to clean my house because the kids were coming. Whatever I did, I vacuumed. I did some stuff. I put the air mattress out for this kid. They come over, you know, buying some uh, groceries and stuff. Hey, do you guys want to go to the diner tomorrow morning before you go? You know, it's right on the way to your church. Like, nah, we want to sleep in. I'm like, I hate these kids. I hate these kids. I like, I want to do stuff with them. I want to show them a good time. They're not even giving me that. I mean, well, why are they even here? 
So, I mean, I know it's a crash pad, so I just have to let that go, right? So then they immediately go to bed. I'm like, well, I'm going to be up for the next five hours, so, you know, have a good sleep, jerk-offs. Oh, they were making me sick. They were really just making me sick. I don't know why. So I'm watching TV for like four hours. You know, I I don't, I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. I got, you know, I have a bedroom. It's single. The doors are closed. Everything's fine. I mean, I wouldn't be doing anything else anyway. It's not like I'd be like, oh, I was going to put a podcast together at four in the morning. You know, I'm not going to do that. So it's not a big deal. But, you know, when somebody's over and you're like being a little quiet and I'm talking on the phone, I got to talk in the kitchen. It's still, who cares? That's perfectly fine. But I'm telling you, it was great when Rachel was like, what the hell's the matter with these kids? She's she's even like, no, I love Billy. He's such a sweet kid. But what's with that other kid? So the whole time I'm saying, like, why am I, why am I, why am I having this other kid here? He's, he's nothing. So then they, they wake up late. I guess, okay, I guess we're not going to the diet. I'm like, do you, can I do anything for you guys? Do you want anything? They're like, no, I bought some Pop-Tarts for us, so they're eating the Pop-Tarts. Meanwhile, uh, Billy goes, hey, do you have anything for Poison Ivy? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I got Poison Ivy. I'm like, you just slept in my bed with Poison Ivy? Does your mother know? She goes, yeah, she knows. And she didn't give you anything. What the, what? You have Poison Ivy. You just slept in my bed. Are you kidding? He's like, it's not contagious. My dad told me. I'm like, I don't, it's gross. How did nobody, and Rachel told me, the other, yeah, I noticed that on his arm. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. And I'm like, you know, I didn't even notice it. Kid comes over with poison. Where did you get poison ivy in Manhattan? He's like, oh, no, I think it was in my neighborhood somewhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's gross. This other kid is making crazy noises in the morning. Billy even texted me. He's like, I'm sorry, my friend was making those noises. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell was that? And then, it, 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 like, his bed sheets were all, like, gross. when he like he, Either he was sweating like a pig or something. I mean, it's like, I was just so disgusted. And then Billy left these bloody tissues. His nose bleeds all the time. I thought he got it fixed. And he left these bloody tissues in the bed. I'm like, what? Where did these kids grow up? I know they're teenagers, but I, I still feel if I was somebody's guest, I'd throw out the bloody tissues. They don't know how to flush the toilet. There's pee in it. They don't know how to flush the goddamn toilet let alone leaving the toilet seat up. I am the only man I know that closes the toilet seat. I close it home. I close it everywhere, right? I close the toilet seat. I can't stand when it's open. It drives me insane. But I understand that guys do that. Although you would think living with women as Billy does, all women except for his dad, he'd know to put the seat down. I don't know whether it was him. I'm just saying if you live with a girl, if you've watched any movies and TV over the last 50 years, it seems like as a man... You'd know to put the seat down unless you're at a disgusting bar and you don't want to touch it. I just don't understand. I can't stand. I know when the doormen have been in my apartment or the handyman because the seat is up. I put it down in my own house, let alone at anybody else's. For some reason, that's a very respectful thing I do. These kids aren't even flushing the toilet. I don't know where the hell. I don't know which one it was. It's probably this new kid. Then this kid says, do you mind if I fill up my water bottle with your water in the refrigerator? I'm like, of course not. He fills up the bottle. He spills the water all over my counter on my, David, on my, the, the, the lovely uh, notepads you got me with the turbocharged thing. You believe this kid? He like ruins one of the great pads you gave me, which I love, which I'm writing all my notes on. David Curry from the Night Thoughts podcast gave me a, uh, made these wonderful notepads with the turbocharge movie on it. It was, it's amazing. It was a lovely gift. And, uh, 
this guy spilled water all over. And then he goes, sorry. And he doesn't clean it up. I come back. I see there's water all over the place. It's like he spilled it all over. Almost like he might as well just peed on the counter. And I had to come back with paper. I'm like, he just goes, sorry. Like he didn't ask. He's like, oh, shit. Do you have paper towels so I can clean it up? And then I would have said, don't worry about it. He just leaves it there. Who is this kid? I hate this kid. When I walk them back, I, I'm trying to come up with things to say. He's got nothing. It's like, if I wanted to hang out with this kid, I might as well just ask Dory to stay over. So finally, I, my sister called. I, I, I'm livid. I'm livid. I'm like, I can't. I, I'm saying to myself, I can't. I cannot have these idiots stay here next week. I, I know they're supposed to stay next Wednesday. I'm unfortunately going to have to call my sister and tell them they cannot stay. I cannot have these two drips staying at my apartment the day before the biggest possible night of my life in comedy. I can't have two drips sit here when I have to be funny for the next 24 hours. You know what I mean? If, if everything was normal, I could have had them stay. It's not a big deal, although it does affect my sleep patterns and all that kind of stuff or whatever, and I'm going to be a nervous wreck Wednesday night, but it's my nephew, right? So I'm like, okay. But after what happened, I called my sister. I'm like, Beth, they can stay the Wednesday after, but I cannot have these two non-funny, not laughing at anything. I get that I'm not that funny. It doesn't matter, but they're getting nothing. They're not even being polite. I can't have two people who don't find me funny, or at least this one kid. I think Billy does sometimes. I can't have this one kid staring at me like I'm a moron the day before I'm going to perform in front of 2,000 people. This kid's going to be in my head. He doesn't find anything I do funny. I can't have him stay here. Then, if you can believe it, this kid stole my toothpaste. He stole my toothpaste. I haven't had toothpaste in two days. I keep forgetting I don't have it that when I'm ready to brush my teeth, I'm using this old crusty toothpaste. I'm like, I guess it's still good. Does toothpaste go bad? But it tastes funny. Finally, before I did this podcast, I bought some toothpaste. And they the reason I was upset is because it's a bottle and it's hard to find. It's just a Colgate one, but they don't have it at the store near me. It took me three stores to go to get to pick it up in New Jersey when I was with my mother. This kid stole my toothpaste. Why would he do that? I hate this kid. He's going to be in musical theater. Are you kidding? My sister finally tells me, he goes, oh, he's socially awkward. That's why they put him. I'm like, she's saying he's a retard. I'm sorry. I don't want to use that term anymore, but I'm like, you know, this is the kind of stuff you could tell somebody before they come over. You know what I mean? I would assume if he was black or something, you'd be like, oh, well, he's a, he's black. I mean, you have to let me know. I don't want to have a shocked look on my face. <laughs> oh, Billy's friend is black. It's, you know, who cares? But I'm just saying, you know, let me know ahead of time. I, I, I need to know. I'm Dave Juskow. I need to know that stuff in advance. It's like Mike Royce's wedding all over again, where he doesn't tell me his mother's dating a black guy. And, I'm, and I see them on the receiving. Home. She goes, this is my boyfriend. I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's a, for real? I mean, that was in the 80s, so. You know, it's okay, but fortunately, the guy had a great sense of humor, and then we became friendly, because that's how it works. But Jesus Christ, you're not going to tell me this kid's socially, all you're having a socially awkward kid come to my house? Socially awkward kid. It's like my sister doesn't even know me at all. Are you kidding? Again, who cares? It's a random Wednesday. I got nothing to do. Really, technically, didn't care. I can have him over again, even if I don't want him here, because I guess that's my responsibility. But. 
if it's the day before this big event for me in my life, I can't do it. I told them they can come over the next week. They're like, well, we don't. They don't need to come over the next week. I'm like, I'm sorry, Beth. I can't do it. Now, Beth is like, I'm sure she's angry at me. She's like, well, you know, you just have to, you know, like whatever. But even Rachel agreed. And I'm sorry when we got home that I was doing a bit with my doorman that I've known for 20 years, and he brought out this baseball bat like he was going to hit me. And the kids were like, what's going on? And I'm like, no, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. What's the matter with you? You think my doorman's really going to take a baseball bat? I've lived here 21 years. And this is the day he's chosen to hit me over the head with a baseball bat. So they didn't. The next day, my doorman goes, what the hell's the matter with those kids? What's the matter? Your nephew seems like, what's the matter with that? I mean, if other people are saying it, it's not just Crazy Dave, uh, then it's not just me. It's almost when they left that next morning, I wanted to come and load up the podcast, but I'm like, no, I bet you something fun will happen on Friday that I'll also need to say, which it did. And when I say fun, it wasn't fun, but it's interesting. So I'm glad I waited. But I tell you, when I came back on that Thursday morning, I was fired up. I was just like, I just wanted to just rant about these two idiots. And again, I really do like my nephew a lot. I really do. He's a good kid. He's awkward, but he's a good kid. But this other kid, I don't want to see that kid again in my life. I can't stand this kid. Now I hate his parents. I mean, I just, I can't, I'm like, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with this kid? This is your fault somehow. I can say all this because I'm not a parent. So I blame the parents. I never want to see this kid again. I mean, again, I would let him over the house, but I can't do it next week. I can't do it, or this week. That would be, that would be tomorrow when this comes out. Oh my God. Well, that's a rant for you. That is a rant. That's a classic Just Guy rant. You tell me if I'm crazy. Is it mean to talk about a 16, 17 year old kid this way? Of course it is. But who cares? This is the Nightfly, man. It's jazz and conversation with no jazz or really conversation. It's just me one way. It's not a conversation. It's more like a monologue, more like a soliloquy. Now is the winter of our discontent. Made glorious. Summer by the sun of York and all the clouds that lowered above our head in the deep bosom. I think it goes something like that. It's the opening of Richard III. I thought I'd show off a little by knowing half or somewhat of the dialogue. I don't really know it all. I memorized it for one audition I did once in the 80s. And all the clouds that loud above our head. Because I, 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 that's the way I thought you were supposed to do it, but I, I don't even know what it means. I like when people try and do Shakespeare like in a normal tone. Now is the winter of our discontent. No, I'm still doing it this way. <laughs> hey, now is the... <clears throat> look, <clears throat> look what I did in my voice. Are you happy now? Hey, now is the winter of our discontent. Make glory some by the son of you. <laughs> I'd like to see Travolta doing some Shakespeare. You know, it's possible in the 70s he might have done Shakespeare in the park. Who wouldn't have gotten to see that? I would have gotten to see that a hundred times over. Just to listen to his voice. Now I wouldn't pay money to go see him. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what happened last night, and then we'll get into the good stuff, which is hilarious that I'm going to be talking about this because Rachel has told me I'm not allowed to talk about any of this stuff on stage, so i got to get it out of my system. Before I go on. So last night, or I'm taping this on Saturday, comes out on Tuesday, last night, Friday, 
I had a show at this Tribeca Comedy Lounge. Now, you might remember our British friend, Sophia, uh, who I've had on a lot of my shows, who's wonderful. She's a model. She's very pretty. And uh, she's been nothing but a, a good friend over the years. Now, she has been calling me nonstop, out of nowhere. We haven't talked in a while. I thought something was wrong. I'm like, you know, you're acting very distant. Um, sorry. Um, let me take a sip of coffee. You know, that rant really uh, screwed me up. <laughs> so she's been acting distant. Then I found out she was dating this guy, and it's a disaster. She's been calling me crying, crying on the phone. Oh, that went too. And remember, my sister and I decided she might be retarded in the sense that we don't notice that she has a speech impediment or something because she has a British accent. So we can't tell, but sometimes it's impossible to know what she's saying. But she was crying and crying and sending me all these texts. Look at what he's done to me. And I'm like, why am I getting these calls? What, why, why am I this important person in her life that's getting these calls? Why me? But trying to be a nice guy, and I'm listening. I'm like telling you, this guy's, uh, you know, he's an idiot. Uh, this, blah, blah, blah. Whatever she wants to hear, you know, whatever. And she's like, can you come over? He's cleaning out his stuff, and I don't want to be there by myself. Whatever. I'm doing a horrible accent of her, but, you know, something like that. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, sure, baby. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like, it's all this stuff. So she's like, hey, do you want to come over for a barbecue? And I'm like, no. If we're going to see each other, I got to see you alone because you're not ready to see people. You shouldn't even be having a barbecue. You are a mess. So I wouldn't go see her unless it was going to be one-on-one so we can have a talk. So then she says, I should really do stand-up comedy. I have all this material from this dude. And I'm like, well, I'm doing a show on Friday. Why don't you come with me? And then we can talk after, you know, have drinks or dinner or something. So she says, great idea. So Friday night, so she goes, uh, I have to go to my place in Brooklyn. She has two places. She's got a place in Brooklyn. She's a model. She makes money at modeling. she got, I got a place in Brooklyn. I got a place in Manhattan. I'll pick you up in my car as long as you chip in for gas money. I'm like, who says that anymore? Who's chipping for gas money? Then don't pick me up. I mean, I don't mind chipping in for gas. I'm like, where are you going to get gas? Where are you gonna get, in Manhattan? What are you crazy? Chipping for gas money? What are we seventeen? I'm like, whatever, whatever. I, I thought it was cool that she was going to pick me up, and we had to go to try. It was a pain in the ass to get to. So picking up in the car is a good idea. She picks me up. She has this, you know, awesome car that, like, a convertible that a model would have. And, uh, you know, we're having a good time. We go to the club. We have one drink. And she goes, I don't want to drink because I get depressed. I'm like, totally understand that. That's what happened to me when I quit my job. You know, when I, in, in the morning, you get depressed. But uh, but then she's like, all right, let's drink. So we had some, like, a Bellini or something at the club before. And, and then we went downstairs. I did my set. Oh, and I said, hey, do you want to go to the South Street Seaport? I, I, I said, because she's going to be at the South Street Seaport like today. She's on some sort of Grand Prix modeling or something that, that's doing it at the place where I'm going to be, at the pier on the rooftop. So I'm like, oh, it's funny. I was talking about they got my pictures. I've been dying to go there. And she goes, oh, we should go see them. I'm like, hey, why don't we hang out at the South Street Seaport after the show? Why don't we hang out there? We'll have dinner there. We'll get some drinks. We'll walk around. It's beautiful. I haven't been there in years. It'll be fun. She goes, that's a great idea. You tell me if I'm crazy. This is the exact conversation we had. We'll hang out there after the show. We do the show. We get in the car. We head to the South Street Seaport. Where I'm like, you can start looking for parking anywhere. She goes, no, I'll just drop you off and you can take a picture and then you can get back in the car. And I'm like, what? Yeah, you can just drop off. You can, I'll drop you off. You can run out and take a photograph. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? 
She's like, yeah, I, I got to go home and feed my dog. And I'm like, what? Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten food all day. And I'm like, what? What you, you live on the other side of town. Why didn't you? Why are we here? What are you talking about? Why didn't you mention this before? She's like, yeah, no, I, I, I did. And I'm like, you absolutely did not. Clearly, you forgot you had to feed your dog. She, oh, well, because my boyfriend at the time, you know, he was handling it. I'm like, up until yesterday? I thought you said you kicked this guy out. She's like, no, he was living with me. for. I'm like, you forgot you had to feed your dog? I, I, see, for me, I'm like, you know, you guys know, not once did I ever forget to feed my cat. You know, I would have said, listen, I, I'd like to hang out, but I got to go home and be with my cat or feed my cat. And she's in love with this dog. I know she has a dog. How she somehow forgot and didn't say, I can't, I forgot I can't go to the seaport because I got to feed my dog. And why not say, can you come over? I was supposed to meet the dog last night. Why don't you come over, we'll feed the dog, and then we'll go out somewhere, you know, around here. We don't have to go to the seaport. I'm like, that would have been fine. But it's not normal. She's like, I'm like, how did you forget you had to feed your dog? And then she started to cry. And I'm like, why would you think I want to get out here? I don't even know where this thing is. It's just people have sent me the picture of it. I'm like, I wanted to do it together. I didn't want to go. What the hell's the matter with you? Why would you even think that I wanted to get out? What is this? So she started to cry. Because I, you know me, I need to get to the bottom of what her thought process could possibly be in in dropping me off i'm like do you so you're just gonna drop me off and go home what how could this have been part of the plan so she starts to cry and she won't even talk to me anymore i'm like we just i'm like no take off i let's do whatever you want to do so she gets in the fdr drive and we're on like and and you know i was like do you want to get gas here i'll pay for your gas she's like no no i just get i can't take it anymore She's crying and driving. I'm getting a little nervous, you know, because she's she's becoming unstable. She said, no, I just have to be home be alone. And I'm like, well, then why am I still in the car? Can you drop, drop me off? I live right here. But she won't drop me off. She's keep taking me out of the west side. I'm like, she's like, no, I can't stop this traffic. And I'm like, there's no traffic. You just pull right over here and drop me off. She's like, no, I can't. They, they, they can't because the traffic is it's too many on the street. I'm like, we're on like a side street. It's not a big deal. Just drop. You're going to take me all the way over to 10th Avenue? I live on First Avenue. I'm right here. I don't know what she's like. You're yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm confused on what is happening. And then finally, I'm just like, I almost had to get out and open the car while she was going. I'm like, yeah, you're a real good friend. Good luck to you or whatever. And I slammed the door. I'm like, thanks a lot. You're a great person. You're a great human being. Fucking weirdo. That's I definitely said that. And I closed the door and slammed it. And I'm like, what an asshole. And I said, and you know, then of course I say to myself, I know who I am. And I say to myself, did I, how can I misread those signs? No, but did I, did I do something wrong? Yes. Okay. I might've raised my voice a little because I just can't understand her thought process, but you know, we could get over that, but we couldn't get over it. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? She definitely didn't say she had to feed the dog. That's a big thing. And it's all the way across town. Why we were already on the west side. We we're in Tribeca. She lives 10 blocks up from there. Why would you bring me to the South Street Seat? What? We were supposed to spend the whole day, the whole night together. We were supposed to go out, have a couple of drinks, have dinner, talk about the situation, and then I was going to go to her house. 
This was always the plan. I know I did not get that wrong. She changed the plan by forgetting to feed her dog. She worships that dog. He has his own Instagram account. His name is Mr. Craig. He's got his own agent. I was furious. She told me that the day I got fired. Hey, my dog got an agent. I just wanted to be like, I hate you and your dog so much. That was the last thing I wanted to hear the day I got fired, that this dog got an agent. I know I'm not crazy on this one. This girl is clearly unstable. And she goes, I'm not ready to be with people. I'm clearly she wasn't ready. She's not ready. She's been through an emotional ring. I get that. I get all that. But don't be a dick. So she kicks me out. Uh, I go out all night. Uh, I write her back. I feel bad. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, that happened, whatever. I hate to see you that way. And she just writes back, you know, go fuck yourself. You yelled at me. I don't deserve it. Unacceptable. And then I just got angry. And then I said, you know what? You're the one that uh, is the worst dog owner ever who forgot to feed his dog. I figured that'll really get to her. And she's like, you know what? I'm a great pet owner. Then she's the next three texts are just her trying to explain that she's a good pet owner. This is a ridiculous. This is where I knew she had really fallen off the handle by me saying that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm sure she's a fine pet owner. Nobody cares. But I'm just like, you're a horrible pet owner because you forgot to feed your dog. <laughs> she goes, all right. So I forgot. I mean, she admitted. Then I said, you admit it. You forgot to feed your dog. Who does that? You know, something like that. I mean, I was fucking with her, but I was pretty angry that she just forgot. That's all she talks about is this dog. It would like me being forgetting to feed Selena. And you all know how much I worship Selena. I never once during our 14 year palship forgot to feed selena oh my god i forgot i have a cat at home oh my god i have nightmares about that still that i forgot to feed her (laughs) so i just kept texting her shit and she's like lose my number i'm blocking you and i like you know what then i then i find it just like you'll regret this tomorrow (laughs) i mean i i was a dick here's the best part of the story before all this happened, Jeff Ross told me, like, you know who you should date? You should date Sophia. I think I think she likes you. <laughs> so now that's out the window. <laughs> that's the best part of the story. If you really want to fuck something up good, then, you know, do what I do. And make sure you really put the nail in the coffin so you can make sure that you, there's nobody. You just make sure that you self-destruct everything in your life before you really... But then what what good would be doing a podcast if everything went smooth? Am I right? Yeah, you should go out with her. You should give her a call. I think she likes you. Oh, that is hilarious. I, I mean, that's cra- I'm not crazy, right? These are two incidents, what we were just talking about, where I really don't think I'm at fault, but I guess you guys judge. I, I'm Obviously, I'm giving you one side of the story, but I'm... You know, I'm pretty honest about it. I usually say when I'm a dick, yeah, maybe I was a dick because, you know, me, I just got to, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't understand. Wait, you, we were supposed to hang out. How could you forget to feed your dog? I just kept, you know, I, I got to know, like, just just admit that you fucked up. You know, that that's what I would do. I'd be like, you know what? I fucked up. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I, I, I sh- We were right over. The- like, I would have apologized in the sense I'm like, I'm sorry. You're right. I messed up. I wasn't thinking straight. It's been a bad week. But she, like, wasn't doing that. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to take... Credit for this mix-up. Yeah, I'll just drop you out. 
drop you off here. And I'm like, what? Now, that was weird. It wasn't like she was trying to get rid of me. She was going to take me over to her house anyway, you know, until I started kind of yelling at her. I guess I didn't yell, but I I did raise my voice just because it was so weird. I'm like, why would I want to do that by myself? I, I thought we were going to hang out. No, I can't. Okay, take Hold on, David, I'm Oh, I tried to put the recorder on so I could get it, but it, she would have seen what I was doing. I really wanted to do it so you could see it was real. And I mean, clearly there's no future for us, so it doesn't matter. But uh, after that happened, I was on like third in the 20s. I'm like, all right, should I go home? I probably dodged a bullet financially. I don't have to drink. I drank so much the night before. Or should I go to the cellar, which totally means hanging out all night, possibly drinking, I haven't been to the cell in a while. What should I do? And I looked at the lineup. I saw a tell was going to be. I'm like, all right, you know, all my friends were going to be. I'm like, you know what? I'll just go. I'll go. I took the bike. I went down to the bar to see Lori. Had a couple of beers there. Had a lovely time. I was glad I was there. Had a couple of drinks. And then uh, that girl, Olga, was in town. She was next door to the cellar. I said, I don't want to bring you to the cellar. And she was hammered hammered at the, the 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 peach pit what is that place called the grizzly pear with a couple of friends a couple of douchebags a couple of nice people and then one douchebag i can't stand and then they were like hey let her friends were like let's go to the fat black and i'm like dude are you crazy this is the girl that took off her shoes which apparently might never have happened maybe i got the wrong information her friends swear that never happened i'm like you want to go back to the fat black are you out of your goddamn mind she's hammered and she's like Come with me to the bathroom. I got to talk to you, whatever, and falling over and stuff like that. I'm like, do not go to the pussycat. So they bring her to the pussycat. I'm like, well, I'm not responsible. So on the way, we meet Ari Shafir and Sam Morell. And, you know, I'm trying to introduce her to people, but she's hammered. And she says to Ari, fuck you. Because remember, Ari was an Orthodox Jew as well. He still might be. I, I don't know. And she's like, fuck you. And he's like, what? And, you know, they don't care. She's pretty enough where she can get away with it. But I'm like, yeah, you really making a good name for yourself in the business, you dumb idiot. And then we go into the cellar and Atel wants to meet her or into the fat black. She's in there. And I go, come in. And he wants to meet her. And she's just so loaded. And he was just like, all right, I'm leaving. And she's like, do you think I did bad? And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm sure you're fine. Oi. I mean, it's just uh, that's what got me banned for years. You know, he's too drunk. He's too drunk. I feel... Uh, feel bad for her. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with her, but, you know, it's not like she's 22. She's 32. Pick your places where you get drunk differently. Uh, But it was still fun, and then uh, I just left her. I was going to walk her home, but I was getting so sick of whatever the situation was there that I just I decided I'd go out for dinner with Dave. So we walked up to the diner, and we ate, and then I walked home again from 14th Street and 7th Avenue this time. Walked all the way home. I don't know what time I got home, but I know I went to bed at 9 o'clock because I was still texting. That's when I started texting Sophia. And then I was texting Olga like it was 8 or 9 in the morning. Right? I definitely went to bed at 9 in the morning. And then I woke up at noon. I'm like, no, I want to do the podcast today because, you know, today and tomorrow I'm going to wake up late. I don't know. So blah, 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 whatever the case may be. That's the story. Oh. Really wore myself out. Now let's get to the good stuff that no one cares about uh, except me and you guys, but no one like in the audience of Sarah's show or anything. I got two things for you. 
Uh, one, of course, is a James Bond thing because, as you know, that's all I've been doing. We all know every day there's a James Bond movie on Stars or something, and I watch it every time it's on. So Joe Messina was telling me, oh, something about, hey, do you remember The Spy Who Loved Me and that, that thing you always play, that clip? And then I made the connection. Now, the guy, we've talked about this before. The guy who wrote The Spy Who Loved Me, who did all the music for The Spy Who Loved Me, wrote this entire play. Again, step, kick, 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 touch. 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 Right, that connects with turn, turn, out, in, touch. Step, step, kick, 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 touch. Got it? Going on and turn, turn, touch, down, back, step, pivot, step. Walk, 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 right. Let's do the whole combination facing away from the mirror. From the top. A five, six, seven, eight. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I thought this was the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. But that opening, I, that's when I turned to my sister. I'm like, now that's how you open a show. That was exciting. But I mean, you know, it's very theatrical. And then it gets worse. I mean, if you don't care for theater. God, I, hope I, get it. I, hope I... I mean, this is where I picture Billy and this kid doing this. I'm like, look at these two sissies. Meanwhile. I really need this job. Please, God, I need this job. I would sing this when I'm in an interview all the time. I just did this at the unemployment office the other day. Anyway, the point being, uh, <laughs> uh, so this guy, Marvin Hamlish, as we've talking about before, uh, wrote all the music for The Spy Who Loved Me. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he be asked to do it? You know what they do with James Bond. They get the hottest guy uh, at the moment to usually work on, you know, Adele or somebody like that. You know, whoever is the hot person at the moment to, to work on James Bond. So this guy has this ridiculous runaway hit with a chorus line, maybe the greatest show that's ever been on. It totally changed Broadway in the sense of doing something completely different than what you had seen. And let me tell you something about that opening. As gay as that is, that opening still stands as one of the greatest openings in show business history because every Broadway show I got to see is a usually a very bad, obvious opening. Nobody ever starts something different. You know, I'm talking about Beetlejuice, King Kong, Tootsie. They all just have the opening with the whole chorus with an opening number, which is normal. This, you come in, in 1977, 75, 77, whatever the hell I saw it, and you come in and it's like, a, you know, all right, a five, six, you know, you're already, the show's already in. You're already in the moment. You know, it's like, it's it's almost starting like a, 
like a Quentin Tarantino movie. You're seeing the ending before you see the beginning. You know, it's starting in this new way that that they just don't do. So it still holds up in that sense uh, as different. Like you're in the moment already. It's not like these other shows, which are like, oh, let's open it like this. Uh you know, so it wasn't a standard way, which is why I like it so much. You know, it just opens in this crazy way. So anyway, the fact is, so this guy does the, they say, uh, listen, we'd like you to work on The Spy Who Loved Me. We don't want you to just do the the opening theme, but we'd like you to make all the music for it. You know, I'm pretty sure he wrote with Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But he wrote most of the stuff for it. But the best is, and I can't believe, I can't believe I never thought about it. We always been trying. We've been playing this ending for a long time, and I can't believe I never made the connection before of this strange James Bond ending. Sean, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Nobody does it better. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it half as good. We've played that before on the podcast, but it never made the... I always wondered, I'm like, this is such a strange ending, which is why I taped it off the TV. It's impossible to find. Clearly, this guy was like, no, why don't we end it with a show tune, like an extravagant, nobody does it better. I mean, they must have been looking at him like, you're kidding, right? No, 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 no. It'll be great. It's very Broadway. I mean, it's exactly the way of James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Let's get to it. Keeping the British hand up, sir. Nobody does. Boom. Right? Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it. Half as good as you, baby. You're the best. And then we open it with a big musical number. Uh, I mean, I it never occurred to me when Joe had mentioned I'm like, oh, my God, of course. It was the guy who did a chorus line. No wonder that was it, because it's never been in a Bond film before or since. Can you imagine them ending a Daniel Craig movie like that? Casino Royale is the greatest. Da 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 da. And Bond will win every time. Da 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 da. I mean, <laughs> it's, of course, the guy that wrote a chorus line said, "No, we got to put in a big flourish ending." I can't believe I never thought of that before. That makes so much sense. And then, if you listen to the rest of this after the ballet combination song, listen to where it goes, where he just completely rips off himself, which I always like. Not this, but it's after this. Stick with it for a second. Get to it. This is the ballet combination. Oh my god, I blew it. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better, baby. You're the. Here it is. Wow. You know we love it. Wow. It's the 70s. Wow. Wow. Right? So we have that. And then, of course, we have. The our favorite Bond seventy seven theme. Taken right from a chorus line, 
70s beat, man. Anyway, uh, and remember, this is the guy that bought us this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should go out with Sophia. I think she'd like it. Isn't that great? That's the same guy. Oh, but it made so much sense. When I finally figured it out, I can't believe, I cannot believe that I never caught the connection before. It's so obvious. That's why I taped it off the TV. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this Broadway show theme at the end of The Spy Who Loved Me? Why would they do that? Nobody does. Ah, it better. Makes me so sad for the rest. Nobody does it. Half is good. It's all like men. Baby, you're the best. And it's, you know, a nautical theme one, so you're just picturing a bunch of sailors doing it, or is that just me? Now let's go on to the most hilarious thing ever that I can't do on the Saturday thing because Rachel won't let me, which I couldn't do anyway when nobody would understand. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I've been thinking about this for years, and I finally was watching Return of the Jedi the other day, and I'm like, all right, it's time. It's time. All right. Are you ready for this? This is the stupidest thing I've ever come up with. But it... I hate George Lucas. The original Star Wars are the greatest. And then he ruined the entire franchise in so many ways. Episode 1, 2, and 3, we can start there. I hate those movies with a passion. I have no problems with 7 and 8 except for the obvious thing about Harrison Ford and 7. But those other movies... You know, because then somebody else took over. But this douchebag ruined the franchise with the horrible one, two, and three. And then ruined it more by putting in his stupid cuts that aren't the actual original movie that make it worse. You know, you can't see it on TNT or TBS without his putting in that horrible, whatever that kid's name is who plays Anakin Skywalker at the end instead of David Prowse or whoever the hell that guy is. Drives me crazy. On a daily basis. That's what's going on in my head. A daily basis. I mean, that's what's really messed up. So now I'm thinking about suing George Lucas because he clearly ripped off this thing. Now, this is from Return of the Jedi. It's It was clearly supposed to be a, oh, let's, um, let's go back to the canteen scene from the original Star Wars. We'll do something else. So you remember they have a band at Jabba the Hutt's lair. And they're all dancing and partying all night with all these creatures. Oh, 
it's a little frog creature that's like pers- and singing and pursing the lips and singing with a you know a creature band and stuff. Do you remember this from Return of the Jedi? You probably don't. <laughs> Anyway, so they're all singing and dancing and the job of the Hutch thing after he eats that girl or something like that or puts her in the pit. I don't know what happens, but that's a musical number. I, I don't even know if that's in the original or not, but whatever it is, you heard it, right? Well, the thing is, it's completely ripped off from the ending of H.R. Puffin stuff, which was clearly in the 60s, way before... Uh, the performance by the Boyds, B-O-Y-D-S. It's a bunch of birds, but they look exactly like that frog if you look it up. And they're pretty much singing the same song. They're all performing in this band. See you next week. I sure hope so. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> I, I can't believe I don't end my podcast with that every week. See you next week. I sure hope so. But if you look at the... I know it's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing of all time. But if you look at the two together online, you'll see that he clearly must have seen... The end of that, he goes, oh, I'm going to rip that off. Put it in Star Wars. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing, but H.R. Puffin stuff thought of it first. Screw you, George Lucas. In doing it now, I don't find it as funny as I thought when I first came up, but I did found um, another Jack Wilde song, which makes me so happy from H.R. Puffin stuff. I mean, this kid, what a voice. Boy, if he doesn't make you happy, then nobody will. I said to myself the moment I saw your face, sir, there's somebody generous and kind, sort of can make this world a lovely place, sir, a gent who's educated and refined. I never have had the knack to be successful. Me mother said I was just a bit of a dunce, but I got the feeling everything's gonna turn out right for once. Reminds me a bit of Dracula. Really adorable. You gotta admit it's hard. Respectable, delectable, more than intellectual. Down my remarkable face. Terrific. It's so funny. I mean, this kid, I, he was like my idol. I mean, because you know what the thing is? When people sing, you know, like, isn't you two from his same neighborhood or something? I, I don't know. But you would never know they're foreign from their songs. Most people who sing, we we talk about this. I mean, everybody talks about it. It's like, how come their accents don't come out in their songs? 
So that's, I think, what makes this so spectacular in a way, especially when you're a little kid. It's like, where? how is this kid singing with this voice? You know, it's like, that moment, also, you know, face. You know, it's like it's, the accent is just, it's groovy. <laughs> it's, there's something so cool about it. Plus, when he's singing that song, he's in the Artful Dodger out, uh, outfit, which they clearly were like, hey, we'll put him in the Artful Dodger outfit as much as we can. As if, like, everybody that's watching HR Prophets saw Oliver. But I, this kid, I just watching him sing and dance just make you happy. It's like a, when you were kid, I guess we must have been about the same age when that came out. Maybe he was a little bit older. But he was a cute kid, and he would sing and dance. I mean, how, how could Dave Joska not appreciate this kid? He's got an accent. He's always in costumes. He's doing these little dance moves that even Dave Juskow can do. And by the way, uh, when I was thinking of a chorus line, me, Rachel Feinstein, and Yamanika Sanders are going to a dance class that will probably be put on Instagram so you'll be able to see it. The three of us are going to learn a number and they'll put it on Instagram. Now, if that isn't comedy, then I don't know what is. Oh, it's coming. It's coming, people. We're going to do it. Rachel and Yamanika did the other day. I said, I'd join you for that thing. That's how, that looks hilarious. Just one day you learn a routine and then you do it. That's going to be amazing. I just don't know what to wear. That's my only issue. And we'll see if I still got it. Let's see if any of that training from the 70s came out, right? When I was when the, it was like, David, do you want to show us how you do Sinead? Yeah, I guess it'd be cool, right? Come on, ladies. I'll show you how it's done. I was too cool for school. I was there with all the girls. I could do Sinead turns around circles around you people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just don't feel like doing it right now. I'll teach the class later. Anyway, um, well, I hope everybody had a lovely uh, uh, listening experience today. So, wow, it's crazy. But in two days, I open uh, at the South Street Seaport in front of 2,000 people, rain or shine. I hope it doesn't rain. Boy, that would be a bummer. Then I guess I sleep in my own bed. And then the next day, we go to Pennsylvania. And... Then the next day, or no, that night, then we go to the Borgata, and we're going to sleep at the Borgata, which I love and I feel good. I remember making my triumphant return to the Borgata, which, as you know, the last time I performed, I got booed off stage. The staff remembers. <laughs> That's what makes it so epic. And then I think Sarah's going back, but I'm going to stay overnight. I'm going to gamble. I mean, can I just made uh, money off the show. I'm going to take all those winnings. I'm going to take what I made from the show. And totally double the profits. It's, it's so obvious. It's a no-brainer. It's just the thing. Just go to the roulette wheel. Put it all on Black 13. Because remember, when you're in Atlantic City, always bet on black. Well, that is the show. Now, next week when we return... Oh, boy, we'll have a lot to discuss, right? I mean, it should be interesting. I'll tell you the whole everything. I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Tuesday. Go over ELO. We'll talk about it all. And then after that, try and put this podcast back on some sort of trajectory. But since April, we've been waiting for this day, for this... uh, 
July 18th day, and now it is finally here. And what happens after? Even though I have another show at the cellar, do we get depressed? Is that it? Do we move on? Do things get better for our hero, Dave Juskow? How are things going to turn out in the next couple of weeks, by the end of the summer, by the end of the year? A cliffhanger of sorts on the night fly. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, if you are in any of these places, please come out, say hello. The South Street Seaport, Friday, Thursday, July 18th. The Bethlehem Sands Casino, Friday, July 19th. And the Borgata in Atlantic City on July 20th. And of course, don't forget the Comedy Cellar on August 5th. Starring me, Gilbert Godfrey, David Tell, Yamanika Sanders, Lenny Marcus, and the great Gary Goldman. Folks, you have a great week. I am going to try and have the best week ever and be positive and uplifting until things get where they should be, shouldn't be. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I, I think the uh, pause in the song freaked out my ending. <laughs> I, I would cut it out, but I don't care. Anyway, I have a bunch of more important things to do, right? I got shows to practice for before then, and like I said, we're seeing a big concert, seeing these idiots in concert. Their final concert, I'm sure. I'm going to go backstage and say, uh, Jeff Lynn, I'm like, hey, I'm performing uh, next door next week. Uh, how you doing? Because that's what you can do if you're performing there the other week after. Well, I don't know what to talk about. Anyway, I'll see you next week on the podcast. I just don't want to leave. What do you want me to say? Have a great week, everybody. See you next time. Turn to stone, I turn to stone You and-